गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीबॉडी आई स्नेग शर्मा आई एम गोइंग टू प्रेजेंट द हिंदू एडिटोरियल डेटेड सिक्सटींथ नवंबर 2020. दिस पॉडकास्ट इज फॉर दोज हु डू नॉट हैव टाइम टू रीड न्यूज़पेपर पेपर द एनालिसिस ऑफ द एडिटोरियल इज गिवन ऑन द लास्ट सेगमेंट ऑफ द पॉडकास्ट लेट्स गेट स्टार्टेड हैप्पी प्रिपरेशन The first article of the day is Protect our Republic my lords the judiciary's quick intervention in the Arnab Goswami case turns the spotlight into another serious cases that languish this article is written by sri ram panchum the facts are brief mr arnab goswami of republic tv a media group perceived to be supportive of the ruling party was arrested by uh, mumbai police on november 4 2020 on a charge of abetting the suicide of anway naik the suicide note mentioned that the channel had not paid bills amounting to 83 lakh rupees and this was approximate cause of the act of suicide The accused was remanded to judicial not police custody. He moved a red petition of habeas corpus before the Bombay High Court wholly unusual since that only applies to detention without cover of laws. In this case he should have moved the session court for bail or discharge and then come to the high court if unsuccessful. A contrast that is worrisome. The high court heard heard his case for 5 hours on a holiday and said exactly this on November 9 Mr Goswami did file such a petition strangely he also moved the supreme court and his case is listed on november 11 it takes up the whole day and that evening he is set free and emerges pumping his hands in the air much like a conquering public hero two whole days of judicial time of top constitutional courts have been spent in deciding whether this one man should get bail when his case for precisely this relief was coming before the session judge the next day as regards the release itself suffice it to say that once a court thinks there is no tenable case for continued detention no man should be held in prison there is however the disturbing contrast between the breakneck speed of supreme court in this case with other cases which involves large scale and serious violations of fundamental freedoms and at the back of the discourse looms large two questions almost too frightening to voice has a court done the one thing which a separate and equal judicial arm never does and that is to seize being the counter majoritarian check to powerful executive has the court abandoned its role of judicial review over acts of government reducing itself to an arbiter of private disputes what is of import i cannot but help recall what happened at rashtrapati bhavan when the then chief justice of india mnk mn venkatachala chillai was sworn into his office in february 1993 prime minister pv narasimha rao said that he looked forward to a cordial relationship between the court and the government he received a riposte which can only be described as classic mr prime minister the relationship between us has to be correct not cordial cordiality between court and government has no place in a constitutional scheme of checks and balances when comes another such chief justice of india and what must the bhishma pitama recently turned 92 he going through when he surveys a president court and notes that there is not one decision in the recent past where the court has held against the executives judgment never made and these are several where is the writ of the executive that runs simply because there is no judgment of the court 
witness the petitions against the citizenship amendment act preventive detention in kashmir and the challenge to the dilution of article 370 and the appeal against the gag order of andhra pradesh high court preventing the reporting of the first information report about land grabbing by those with proximity to high places still awaiting listing after 2 months and in one case a decision comes in after the issue no longer survives that of the shaheen bag protest where the court decried the unregulated use of public space for protest leave aside the merits of the decision the question is whether a gentler factual backdrop would not have been advisable context matters my lord context matters it is not just every word of what you say that is examined but in what kind of case you say it as well as the cases where you say nothing that all adds up to the tot the balance you hold between us the people and our rulers it also determines another balance that of power between you and the ruling forces in politics and government the unstated major premise premise of judicial real politics is that your power comes from not from article 32 and 2226 but from the public esteem and regard in which you are held and that proceeds from the extent you act as a constitutional protector in direct proportion sense that there are only the trappings words of caution following on the heels of arnab goswami release comes attorney general of india's not to book the stand up comedian kunal kamra for contempt of court for his tweets about supreme court in the instant scenario incidentally this is the man the ministry of civil aviation banned from flying for accosting and berating arnab goswami on a flight What kind of message is being sent out here? The staple fear of comedian is to exaggerate to make a point. Has the Supreme Court really come to the stage that it should be pricked by this? And then again, remember that in all courts there were special places reserved for the jester, not just for humor. He also had the license of satire to make pungent observations. In so doing, he served a valuable purpose of telling the king what he needed to know, not what he wanted to hear. a stratagem to ensure that the truth gets spoken to parson's aggressive posture great kings valued their justice like abir did birbal and krishna dev raya did tenaliram good kings to- tolerated them the others beheaded or banished them mark you also it is very difficult to use the blunderbuss law of contempt contempt to deal with a nimble jester who incidentally has now became nationally famous speaking of the attorney general one hopes that he will soon revert to what he is constitutionally mandated to to appear in a court in major cases of constitutional importance he is our senior most lawyer of constitutional vintage with unmatched erudition and experience and knows perfectly that he is a first law office officer of the union not the lawyer for the government of the day or party in par a distinction that seemingly evades as deputy the solicitor general they remain unheard may i present my lords a solution extend the grace of your early hearing to varavav rao poet aged 80 suffering neurological and urological health issues to suddha bharadwaj is 59 civil liberties defender suffering hypertension heart disease diabetes there have been incarcerated from august 2018 to siddiq kappan the journalist from kerala detained on his way to hatras in october this year take heeds of fitable plight of stand swami 
activist aged 83 suffering abdominal pain and multiple falls in jails he is unable to hold a glass because of parkinson's disease his plea to use a stripper straw in jail has been adjourned by 3 weeks to november 2026 let the cases to be posted emergently before the same bench which so instantly gave relief of personal liberty to mr gosami and let them be judged according to law and then lead us on the path of constitutional purity so that a republic may prosper श्रीराम पांचू से सीनियर एडवोकेट मद्रास हाईकोर्ट सो द सेकेंड आर्टिकल ऑफ द डे इज यू एस प्रोग्रेसिव इन द क्रॉस हेयर्स With the Trump problem out of the way the Democrat established could turn on the Sanders wing of the party. Tabish Kher is the author of the article. It was clear at least as far back as October that Joe Biden would win. I recall discussing this with friends including Americans who were no fans of Donald Trump. They were not expecting Mr. Biden to romp in as some polls were predicting, but they were expecting him to squeak through. In the event he did better than we expected, winning by around 5 million votes and garnering 36 more electoral votes than he needed. Sanders was a north star. The reason why all of us except a one very pessimistic American friend expected Mr Biden to squeak through were many. Of these two were purely negative. Mr Wim Biden was not a woman and would get sexist votes that Hillary Clinton lost by virtue of her gender and Mr Trump had made a huge mess of the coronavirus crisis. But the third reason was positive. Mainstream Democrats and progressive Democrats had united in an impressive way and the progressive pushed by Bernie Sanders after he was once again manipulated not cheated out of shot at the presidency had hit the streets and screams to motivate many previously inactive voters that flipped status states like Georgia Note that Mr Trump's vote tally did not decrease in fact it increased by around 3 million but Mr Biden still beat Mr Trump by 5 million votes in short contrary to moderate and mainstream democrat expectation Mr Trump did not lose voters to the moderate democrats his voters mostly stayed faith- faithful to him he lost because democrats managed to get a lot of voters who had not voted in the past to come out and endorse Mr Biden This was largely due to the work that the progressive guided by the north star of Mr Sanders did but it was also clear that a Biden victory would immediately change this equation once the unstable potentially destructive scarecrow of Trump was removed mainstream democrats and the moderate allies in the media would no longer find Mr Sanders too attractive there is essentially nice corporate interest which gave us a bill clinton and barack obama and as a stupid and ineffective reaction to them mr trump wouldn't sure that much i wondered then why back in october how soon this moderate reaction would set in in the even it took only a few days and started happening even before the democrats have managed to boot mr trump out of the white house There was a flurry of attacks on the progressive by leading Democrats and their allies in the mainstream media. It reminded me of what happened to Jeremy Corbyn and his leftists in the United Kingdom some years ago when leaders in the Labour Party and publication like The Guardian combined to put him beyond the pale of electability. Moderates versus progressive. Mr Sanders is a more charismatic and less doctrinaire doctrinaire leader than Mr Corbyn. 
he also at the end of a long and illustrious career there is a good chance he will be let out to grass over the just a prod or two by the moderates their fire will be concentrated on the progressive associated with him in particular the women known as the squad The term squad is already indicative of the potential. The fact that it is applied to a bunch of young progressive and popular women democrats and not to the obstructive republican gang around Mitch McConnell is revealing. I would say shocking but I stopped using that word to describe such a development way back in the 1990s. The epithet squad evades their many differences. All of them are from different sections of multicultural America and poses them as potentially undemocratic and quasi-gang, which they are not. A fight back, the attacks have been increasing. Interestingly, the progressives are not taking it lying down. In particular, Alexandria, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, popularly known as AOC, seems to have gone on a counter-offensive, strongly pressing for the progressive demands that gains Democrat many million votes. However, the mainstream Democrat response to these demands have already changed. They range from dismissive criticism by conservative Democrat senators to studied silence in circles closer to Mr. Biden, who have the excuse of Mr. Trump not vacating the White House and the coronavirus crisis to hide behind for the time being. More interestingly, the response from a certain kind of establishment. Democrat voter has also taken on acerbic cold war tones for instance on november 14 aoc tweeted reminded her party of their progressive commitments can we please get people stimulus checks and mortgage relief and rent forgiveness and small business support and free testing and hazard pay and health care for uninsured and underinsured in the middle of the pandemic or is that too socialist too As is always the case when progressive demands are stressed, she was immediately accused of harming the party, not having the courage to make such demands to the Republicans, as if the progressive have not been making these demands and all over the place from day one. I wonder if AOC and the progressive know what is going to hit them. Are they prepared to deal with it? Because this is how it will happen. The media response to them will change. Their demands will no longer be reported, as they were when Scarecrow Trump was around as legitimate and popular. They will be reported as doctrinaire, dated, divisive. Soon they might find themselves in the position which, in which Mr. Corbyn found himself. And then we can safely wait for Trump too. Tabish Khair is an associate professor at his university, Denmark. Suki again is the third article of the day. With her mandate, she must be more assertive against the military in Myanmar's transition. The National League for Democracy's landslide victory in the November 8th general election in Myanmar indicates that a vast majority of it, nearly 38 million voters, continue to think that Daw Aung San Suu Kyi is a bulwark against the military, which ruled the nation with an iron fist for about half a century. While full results are yet to be announced, the election commission has stated that her party has won at least 346 out of the 476 elected seats in parliament, well past of the 322 marks needed to stay in power. The military-linked domain opposition, union, sol- solidarity, and... Uh, 
Development party has won 25 seats so far when Miss Suki's NLD came to power after winning Myanmar's first truly contested election in 2015 hopes were high that pro pro democracy icon would superheat uh, spearhead the transition into full democracy Miss Suki who is barred from becoming the president by military era constitution took the levels of power as a state councillor in 2015 but during this time instead of confronting the generals or pushing to end the military's outsized influence she appeared to have bought peace with them her public defense of the generals handling of the op- operations in rakhine state that led to the exodus of least 740 740000 rohingya muslim dented her image as pro democracy fighter and raised questions about her commitment to the country's a transition Those who support Ms. Suki say her critics outside the country do not understand the complexities of Myanmar's power dynamics. Even though the military allowed free elections, it made sure that its interests were preserved. A block of seats in parliament is reserved for soldiers, which would prevent any amendments on the constitution, and the military would control three key government ministries including the defense ministry. More importantly the ministry continued its campaigns against the country's ethnic minority rebel groups despite her promises to reach out to them all these suggest that the past struggle between the popular civil and leadership and the powerful military establishment is as is an ongoing reality despite the elections while miss suki avoided confronting the generals she remained a force between the military and the people in a country where the memories of the military dictatorships are still fresh it is unsurprising that ms suki who built her morale and political capital in the long fight against the junta junta remains the most popular leader but when she begins her second term with another decisive victory she would face tough questions again did she even just to act as a buffer between the generals and the voters or to lead the country into full democracy As the elected re- ruler she will also have to address allegations of genocide and walk her talk of making peace with ethnic minority groups The last article of the day is border on the boil. India's threat matrix now includes the possibility of a true front situation with a series of ceasefire violation by the Pakistan army that targeted civilians and heavy artillery fire by the Indian army the LOC is once again uh, on the boil. Six civilians, four Indian armies, personnel and base of Jawan were killed in the firing from Pakistan across three sectors and the official Pakistani media said one Pakistani soldier and five civilians were killed by Indian cross-border shelling. The government accused Pakistan of firing as a way of providing cover for terrorists infiltrating into India before the winter and snow closes the passes and underground routes and ensued a demarche to Pakistan top diplomat in New Delhi on Saturday decrying the coordinated firing along the length of the LOC against heavy caliber weapons including artillery and mortar on Indian civilians by the Pakistani army. The temperature has been further raised by political words from the highest level. Prime Minister Modi's speech as he stood atop a tank during a Deepavali visit to Longewala post warned of a prachand jawab, fierce reply to Pakistan and criticized China's expansionist mindset, albeit without naming either neighbors. As later, Pakistan Prime Minister Imran Khan tweeted that there should be no doubt of Pakistan's ability and national resolve to defend its border. 
Pakistan's assault at the LOC was followed by allegations against India on a terror. In a new diplomatic uh, tactic, its foreign minister Shah Mohammad Khureshi appeared at a press conference along with Pakistan military spokesperson claiming to have a dossier on Indian involvement in terror attacks against Pakistan that he said primarily targeted China-Pakistan economic corridor infrastructure project. India termed the press conference a futile anti-India propaganda excise and said the charges were fabricated. The present situation at the LOC cannot be normalized and must be taken seriously. Army officials now say 2020 has seen the highest levels of firing since the 2003 India-Pakistan ceasefire agreement and with a record number of 4,052 ceasefire violations by Pakistan since January. Pakistan's intentions are to provoke India ahead of its two-year term at the UN Security Council from January 2020 as well as to rake up trouble before the Financial Action Task Force review in February. By naming the CPEC, Pakistan also appears to want to further strain India-China relations that have undergone what Foreign Secretary Harsh Shringala called the worst crisis since 1962 as a result of PLA aggression at the LAC in Ladakh and the standoff. Studies with the escalation by Pakistan at this time, it should be evident that India's threat matrix includes the very real possibility of a two-front situation where the army will be engaged at the LOC and the LAC simultaneously along with possible spike in terrorist activity in Jammu and Kashmir.